Hello and welcome to B-Side, where we revisit business world stories and tell a few of our own. Philippine sentiment toward China is ambivalent. It's sometimes seen as a friend, especially by our president, and it's sometimes seen as a foe. A lot has happened since an April 2020 survey found that 54% of Filipinos think of China as a good ally to the Philippines. You have the continuing battle against the coronavirus pandemic and the increasing tension in the West Philippine Sea. Because of this maritime dispute, the Duterte administration suspended the termination of the country's visiting forces agreement with the United States. On top of this, the Department of Foreign Affairs said that the Philippine claim to disputed waters was non-negotiable. This non-negotiable claim was, of course, rejected by China. But it was reaffirmed by the United States when U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo declared most of China's claims as unlawful. In this B-Side episode, Business World reporter Charmaine Tadalan speaks with political analyst Dr. Robin Michael Garcia. Mr. Garcia is the chief executive officer of WR Numero Research and an assistant professor at the University of Asia and the Pacific. He explains to us how Filipinos see China and what he thinks of Duterte's foreign policy. Let's start with the results of your April survey. Among your findings is that 54% of Filipinos agree that China is a good ally to the Philippines. Are you expecting changes in this number as we continue to battle the pandemic? Yes, definitely. Actually, the results were quite surprising for us as well because... 54% is a lot, but that should be contextualized in the following result, which is that 36% feel that China is a threat. And we feel that the reason why 54% of people uh, still believe that China may be a good ally is because of perhaps the economic benefits that China may still continue to give in the next few months. And we're talking about the Belt and Road Initiative, the investments supposedly that were promised to be invested in the country. But then the context there really is, as these investments do not materialize, then we can see that the numbers will continue to dip, perhaps even below 54%. It's really about how China does its public diplomacy in the Philippines, uh, which is also a huge problem because obviously you know that the Isang Dagat video that the Chinese embassy in Manila released. But besides that, you also have people who still believe that maybe China could be a good friend economically. Aside from economic benefits, are there other factors that Filipinos consider to see China as a good ally? In the talk that we did with Ateneo and UP, as well as UANP, the other thing that was discussed was the cultural dimension of China's history in the Philippines. So we have to differentiate between China as a state and Chinese as a people. The Chinese as a people is also being questioned right now because of the presence of Pogos, but that's counteracted by the perhaps deep-seated cultural affinity with the Chi community, which is also based on Chinese migration in the last few centuries. Going back to your survey, 64% agree that China should be condemned for the COVID-19 pandemic. 58% are satisfied with China's assistance, but despite that, 7 out of 10 Filipinos want payment for COVID-19 damages. How should the government react to this public sentiment? So from the Chinese side, it's definitely a huge burden for them. And as a state, 
definitely they drew a lot of flack in Europe, in the United States, and in other places. But the government is complicit here because they continued to allow the entry of tourists from China to come in in March. If we're talking about how our government has to react to this, and they have to understand that a lot of people really do not support China. And this type of support is provisional support. And obviously, the COVID originated from China. And the least that the government can do is to supposedly close our borders to China, which a lot of countries already did. In what ways can the government make China pay for the damages? Many different ways. Of course, you have the monetary debt forgiveness, and of course, you have aid and, and many other aspects, right? When it comes to the assistance, China did what we call face mask diplomacy. So they sent not just face masks, but also scientists to study the capabilities of the public health system of the particular country. That assessment was welcome, I think. But again, China is sending mixed signals. While China has this sort of a palliative public diplomacy, the fact is China is still encroaching on waters that they're not supposed to encroach. And that is the context where we should really see the opinions of people. So there are a lot of facets to what the involvement of China is in the Philippines. On one hand, you have sort of economic diplomacy, which is not really working because not a lot of these investments have actually materialized. And then you have the territorial integrity, and then you have the issue of COVID, which it really originated from them. Do you think that China is taking advantage of the pandemic to further encroach in the South China Sea? Yes. In an article that I wrote a couple of months back during this whole COVID, I think I published it in April, my argument is that the COVID situation that the countries are beset with makes countries look inward, including China. So China is a huge country. It's looking inward because of the fact that Definitely, from a political perspective, the COVID situation is a direct assault on its legitimacy and, and the ability to continue its power. And this is something that also Duterte is facing. But because of internal insecurity, the Communist Party of China and the Chinese government needs to project strength in the context of weakness inside. And therefore, what it did was to rally individuals towards nationalism, to sort of distract its own population from this COVID and sort of pointing them towards a situation of strength. And that's why, from a perspective of insecurity, it's now becoming more aggressive in the South China Sea. China understands that countries are becoming more inward. The Philippines and other countries are most vulnerable. So that's why China took opportunity of this, because it also needs to do this to protect its own interests in the domestic sphere. The administration is becoming more responsive to Chinese aggression now, compared to the beginning of President Duterte's term. Secretary Luxin has been firing off diplomatic protests and even the president in his ASEAN summit speech called on claimant states to refrain from doing activities that increase tension in the region. What do you make of this? So aside from diplomatic protests, every time the Chinese do something in our backyard. What we've been doing as well is just to stop at rhetoric, right? And rhetoric is not enough. We need to be able to really create a grand strategy of improving our security capabilities, alliance policy as well with the United States and China. But then, you know, in the past four years, we've been kowtowing to China, despite the fact we've been sending diplomatic protests and even strongly worded rhetoric. But if you look at the partnership 
between the Philippines and China, it's actually getting stronger. We know that the relationship has always been asymmetrical, and therefore that's dangerous to begin with. And the fact that there's already a show that's hosted by the Chinese government in state media, that's telling of the fact that you know we continue to condone the encroachment and the participation of China in the Philippines. How will this affect the popularity of President Duterte, considering negative sentiments towards China? I have always said in many places that the Achilles heel of the Duterte government, its strength, of course, is populism, is COVID and China. These two things may be separate, but also interrelated, because China is responsible for this whole mess. It will definitely affect the numbers, because this is a cross-cutting issue that even the people who support Duterte do not agree with Duterte on both China and COVID. The similarity between COVID and China is that he's supposed to stand up to protect the people against the most fundamental threat, which is health, poverty, and national interest. But if he can't stand up to these three criteria, which is also the reason why he was elected in the first place, then this whole image of strongman, this whole image of political will is absent. The survey also showed that 46% of Filipinos see China as a serious threat, 36% consider it a threat, while 18% think otherwise. With this information, what do you think should be the policy direction of the government? For me, what we should focus on is the territoriality of the issue, and we, we have to assert our rights more. But at the same time, I think we have to be open to the potential economic benefits from Beijing. However, If the potential economic benefits from Beijing will give China the license to continually encroach on the territory, then that we should have a fundamental rethinking of our approach towards the South China Sea. On the government's approach in the South China Sea, international relations experts, including me, we've been saying that the government really does not have a strategy towards the South China Sea disputes. And actually, currently, I'm writing a paper on the concept of hedging. Supposedly, the Philippines, at least according to our ambassador and according to several people in the government, the word hedging, that's the theoretical defense for the independent foreign policy of the Philippines. But we have to question that because actually the argument that I'm saying is we are not hedging, we're accommodating China instead. And a lot of scholars have already said that the Philippines is not hedging, that the way we should describe our foreign policy is not a policy of hedging. And therefore, It directly rebuts the argument that we're independent. It's not an independent foreign policy. It's a foreign policy of accommodation towards China. And definitely the VFA was part of it, right? We almost canceled the VFA. And if it's truly hedging, then we shouldn't even think about canceling the VFA, especially at the time where China is actually increasing its presence in the South China Sea. And that prompted the United States to send two ships to the South China Sea in the last few weeks. So if we are truly hedging, and if we're truly independent, we're not supposed to cancel our ties with the United States. And that is represented particularly with the VFA. Taking into account the recent statement of Secretary Pompeo on the South China Sea and the increasing aggression of China, do you think the government should lean closer to the United States? Not necessarily. But in terms of situations such as this, We need to be able to effectively balance. So, so balance of power, right, in international relations. And you cannot truly be independent if you don't have a balancing policy. 
So that means that we don't necessarily have to be dependent on the United States, but then we could use the defense umbrella of the United States in order for us to protect our own interests and our national interests. So it's a case-to-case basis. That's the point. And in this particular case, if China is already encroaching on the territory, then yes, we cannot sever the ties and we have to continually engage the United States and call them to perhaps be more responsible in that case. So the statement very recently by the Department of State is a very important statement because for observers like us, it gives us some hope that the United States will continue its promise to protect the countries such as Thailand, Philippines, and other countries as well. Before I move on to other topics, is there anything else you would want to highlight from this survey? The last thing I have to highlight is the role of the United States. Mm-hmm. So the United States still has a huge following in the Philippines. It may be warranted or unwarranted, but the thing is the Filipinos have what you call cognitive priors. It's a concept to say that our favorable affinity towards the United States has already been institutionalized in Philippine culture and society. And that's something that the Chinese state has to contend with when you're talking about post-colonial states such as the Philippines and other Southeast Asian countries who were essentially in the middle of great power politics starting from World War II or to the Cold War. This is something that the Chinese has to understand about the Philippines if they want to do diplomatic work here. What are the chances that the government will actually push through with the VFA termination? If you notice from an observer perspective, there are definitely disagreements inside the government in deciding for what to do with foreign policy. This has always been the case as well in economic policy. So you have the Department of Finance, the Department of Trade and Industry, the BSP having three different opinions on what economic policy should be. But then in foreign policy and security policy, there are also a couple of institutions involved in government. So you have the Department of National Defense, and then you have the military, and then you have the Department of Foreign Affairs. So we feel the Department of National Defense has been the sort of the light that is trying to really balance the United States and China. So I think when President Duterte announced the supposed abrogation of the VFA, it was the Department of National Defense through the leadership of Secretary Delphine Lorenzana who warned the president about how dangerous it might be. My point is, as long as the Department of National Defense sort of is the more level-headed people inside deciding on foreign policy, then we will continue to have the VFA. As for increasing involvement of the Philippines in the trade web of China, it's DOF and DTI and a couple of chambers of commerce who have economic interests that continue to push for this. Trade with China and with countries is okay, as long as it's not used as a leverage or give them a license to continue to encroach our national sovereignty. So if that encroachment is not there, then by all means, you know, we should welcome trade. But obviously, we still need to protect our workers. Kaya the Pogo issue is a huge issue, not because it doesn't give us economic benefits and not just because it doesn't pay taxes. It's because at the level of the Filipino, Chinese nationals are given more jobs than Filipinos. So that's the issue. And that in itself can be an encroachment on sovereignty as well. What do you think is the reason why the government suspended the termination of the VFA? I think it's more of a strategic move. And therefore, I think the situation really is, of course, the aid that we can get from the U.S. in the context of a pandemic. Of course, we need the U.S. also as an economic partner. 
more than what was used by the BFA. I think that's mainly why the government agreed to suspend the abrogation. What happens if the government indeed abrogates the VFA? We will be in a far weaker position in the face of increasing Chinese aggression. Even in the economic front, there might be some repercussions as well when it comes to trade, when it comes as well to perhaps if the U.S. becomes more serious about liberal interventionism, like promoting more human rights abroad like it did before during Obama, then we may face sanctions mm. because of the drug war and other things. And that will have a direct impact on how the country will govern its foreign policy. And definitely, it will push us directly at the embrace of China, which is not necessarily desirable to begin with. The United States recently made a statement against China's claims in the South China Sea. Some experts have said that the U.S. has made strong statements before but without any follow-through. What can it do this time as a follow-up to that statement? When we won the arbitral award a few years ago, the hope was that because we won it, the United States would see the Chinese encroachment as an encroachment on the sovereignty. So why is that important? Because the treaty alliance we signed with the United States is supposed to protect the Philippines once sovereignty is encroached. Now, the thing is, the United States has not interpreted Chinese encroachment in the South China Sea and Philippine waters as an encroachment on our sovereignty. The hope is for the United States to interpret it as an encroachment on our sovereignty and therefore will send a stronger force in the South China Sea. In fact, the hope is to go as far as to occupy those islands themselves or to stop the occupation of those islands. But indeed, that's not happening. And this is something that we've seen again during Trump. And the foreign policy to Asia is more expansive from India to Australia, which is not necessarily good for the Philippines. But again, we hope to see something more progressive for Philippine interests um, in November when they have another election. If Trump will continue to be voted in, then we probably have to expect the continuation of the current policy that we're seeing now. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Dr. Robin Michael Garcia, Chief Executive Officer of WR Numero Research and an Assistant Professor at the University of Asia and the Pacific. A few takeaways from his conversation with Business World reporter Charmaine Tadalan. First, the number of Filipinos that see China as an ally will probably go down if the economic benefits from China fail to materialize. Next, our government shouldn't allow itself to be bullied by China. While the Department of Foreign Affairs has been lodging diplomatic protests, the government should improve the country's security policy. If the government doesn't assert itself, China and COVID will become the Duterte administration's Achilles heel. A weak position against China may result in a decrease in Duterte's influence ahead of the 2022 elections. Mr. Garcia also said that terminating the Visiting Forces Agreement with the United States will put the Philippines in a weaker position against China's growing aggression in the West Philippine Sea. This episode was recorded remotely on July 15. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>